1: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See McDonald's.com.
0: What have you been uh, what have you been doing whilst Storm Bibet and whatever this storm is doing? Now? I was
1: so okay, so it's a storm. That's it's really good to now know that because um for a variety of reasons i've not really been engaging too much with the outside world <laughs> you know i've been doing my job um watching a bit of football but uh you know there's uh there's a lot going on and it can get very depressing and it can be very bad for mental health and things like that so you have to kind of you know i find i have to kind of drip feed what's going on so i haven't really been paying too much attention to the fact that there was a storm so we're um just sitting in with, with my partner last night and you know had had a had a couple of drinks, you know. I had a glass of wine, and we made a few cocktails. And then, you know, sometimes our things get away from me a little bit. I um, well, we end up drinking coffee-flavored rum um, till quite late. That's- and then I realised I had to walk the dog. So, um, yeah, I got. Uh, so sort of, I could hear that it was raining a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, uh, I better put the dog's coat on." Went outside. Oh, this, this rain's a bit heavy. Um, probably about five minutes up the road the heavens opened completely and within I would say within it was almost it was like an audible sound of a of a cloud burst if you like. And um I would say within less than half a second of that, my coat had completely soaked through and like the, the only thing dry was um the area that my dog walking wellies covered. That was it.
0: Um the rest <laughs> of me was you got one uh, of those dogs that hates the rain as well or
1: so she loves water But when it rains heavily, she stops dead where she is, looks at me as if I have caused this and then attempts to go back home. But like, but she, so she wanted to go back home as soon as it started heavy raining, but she wanted to go back the way we came, which was longer than the way I wanted to go. So we wasted a good five minutes trying to establish who knew better about which way was the quickest way home, Uh, which, and it was me, I knew better, but it's really hard to communicate with a dog sometimes.
0: Yeah, fair enough.
1: Um, yeah, I so mean, that, you by, have... Yeah.
0: It's been horrific. Um, yeah. And they're trying to sell the place below me. Um, the entire front fence that they own has gone down, so I'm not touching that because, you know, it's oh. been below me for longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> there, there, there is a fire alarm that's been on low battery now for about two weeks that just throughout yeah. the night just goes beep
1: every oh, no. couple
0: of minutes. The, chirp, I feel the like chirping... Break. You,
1: yeah, yeah, you can't. You, I can't live with that, right? I mean, I have... Uh, untreated ADHD and, and like it, I would have taken a hammer to it. There's no two ways about it. Absolutely cannot deal with that. Um, terrifying. It'll ter- be.
0: It'll, it'll, it, it can't, it, there's, there's no way that even a proper Duracell like 80s mm. um, Mavic <laughs> battery is going to last too much longer if it was on low uh, battery. Yeah, you'd be but
1: surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I'm assuming it is, battery power because sometimes you get the chirp on mains powered ones when uh components fail so
0: it's not our block of flats there's uh i can't imagine that anybody would have <laughs> yeah it's it's, uh, it's it's pretty minimal
1: um, yeah okay fair yeah. enough yeah yeah but um yeah i think other, other than that <clears throat> Excuse me. It's been it's just been one of those uh, one of those sort of weeks that's drifted by. I had a few days off of um, work. Went up to London for some some nice food in a, in a restaurant called Peter around the Golders Green area. Lovely, really recommend it. Um, some nice falafel, uh, which Excellent. I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, yeah, I've been playing a lot of playing a lot of games. I'm playing a lot of Starfield at the moment,
0: Mike. That, that's my plan for this afternoon. Um, and j- yeah. just just a heads up on air. Um, Worker sending me to Las Vegas for uh, a conference, so uh, I'll be there for eight days. And miss, <laughs> <laughs> missing, missing, at least one of them. Obviously, there's no Cara today as well. She's um, she's true, got yeah. visitors.
1: Only. Can I? I know we need to move on because we also want to do this show quite quickly. But um, in terms of Vegas, like is that a, is that a Mike Scott place, or is that a, does that fill you with dread?
0: Um, so my dad's a big gambler and mm. we took him there for his 70th last year. Um, and the cost, So I'd been there once before and you know, the, like the food was subsidized and everything and I think COVID hit them really hard, but nothing subsidized. Um, mm. and I remember four cans of Bud Light costing me $80. Yeah. Um, so oh, no. yeah, I think, um, Brexit's kind of made the exchange rate a bit unpalatable, so we, we shall see what I can do.
1: Um, yeah, it's just... it's tough. Like I, I went five years ago for my mate uh, mate's wedding. Uh, I have to say I I loved every second of it. Uh, after the first couple of days, after realizing how big everything was and not being able to cope, like if I, no if people haven't been, it's hard to explain what what you mean by the scale. Like the yep. size of like building stretching blocks, you know. My, I was stayed at the MGM Grand and yep. the fact that I could go out of one exit and be a thirty five minute walk from my mate's hotel and then go out of a different exit that just felt like it was the other side of the building and be a five minute walk away. It it's just so odd. Um and when you're just yeah, standing there. A
0: yeah. Sorry, Karen.
1: No, I was gonna say when you're just standing there looking at it, your brain cannot compute if you haven't seen it before. It's weird.
0: It's a bit like reading festival for the first time. The second time is never as good. But um, yeah, the, the conference is spread across three hotels, so I imagine I'll be doing my like ten thousand steps by lunchtime. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. I
1: did, oh, yeah I walked a bunch there as well. I didn't mind it. It was it was the heat's really sort of obviously it's, it's, it's very very hot, but there's no humidity, uh, so I actually didn't mind it. It's probably the only only heat I've not minded.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk sport powered fans
1: Alexa, play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest CPFC podcast from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Hello, and welcome to the Back of the Nest match report. I'm Chris Hambling, and with me today is well, it's just Mike Scott. Hi, Mike. Hello. Hello. We get the pleasure of looking back at uh, Palace's two-one defeat at Selhurst Park under the Friday night lights. Um, obviously disappointing result, Mike. Um, mixed performance. Uh, we're not going to sort of really harp on too much about the game. There were some some points to sort of discuss, I think. But I think really a lot of focus from from us will be on what everybody else is talking about right now, which was a lot of the post match comments coming from Roy Hodgson, and we want to talk about you know, first of all what they were and what we what we think he he meant by them, but just talk about the implications of of having a manager come out and and say what he said. Um, we could try try and look at the whole picture. You know, it's not it's not a, an opportunity to sit here and, and bash Roy Hodgson and, and criticize him without without looking at context and, and think about what he meant. But you know, I think there's a lot of people out there talking around um, his comments towards young players and and you know what that must feel like for those young players. You know, especially you know when they're excited about playing Premier League football and and, and then. You know, the guy who's given them that opportunity is is fairly dismissive of them. So we'll talk about that. Um, There's a couple of things to catch up on before we do. So uh, I think first up, it was the under-21s, wasn't it? Who played uh, Monaco in the Premier League International Cup. So uh, Palace put a pretty, pretty decent side out. You know, um, Franca played, Malcolm Ibuet played. Uh, I think we had Remy Matthews in goal. Um, Ozo was playing, I think. Um, so yeah, oh, pretty-
0: Ferguson's the main thing, I think. Yeah. Nathan Ferguson.
1: Yeah. So injured again, unfortunately, isn't he? So, um, that's, uh, managed to, you know, he's, he's played the full 90 minutes, is not he? And then we hear, yeah. we hear he's done his hamstring again. And, um, like there's a lot of negativity at him. And I got to say, I'm not on board with negativity at him. People saying things like, well, you know, Oh yeah, I'll feel sorry for the guy, but he's got millions in the bank and all this kind of stuff. I think that's somebody that's people being really dismissive of the kind of the mental impact of what he must be going through right now. It's no comfort having money in the bank when you can't do the thing that you love doing. And every time you think you're there and you're over it. And we hear how the medical staff have been being so careful with him and you know, nursing him back to health and not pushing him too quickly. And, you know, 90, 90 minutes in a Palace shirt and that's it. He's done again.
0: And let's not forget that there's a good chance getting straight in the first team would have been an option with Mitchell possibly, you know, having a knock from the game. So um, it would have been a perfect time for him to be playing 90 minutes and then coming into the first team. But I'll ask him to I just, be...
1: Yeah, I just I, frankly I just wanted the competition in in both fullback positions because we we desperately need it, and so it was another feature of the game. Um, it was obviously a massive feature of the game against Newcastle, but again, Spurs didn't exploit it quite so much. They they tucked in narrow and and didn't d- didn't double up on the on the wings too much, but ultimately stretching us in that way in the full-back areas is what caught us out again. Um, obviously our right back score their opening goal so what do you do but anyway back to uh back to the the actual good part of obviously the the game against monaco palace 1-3-1 won won France uh a bit of a tap it well a bit of a flicking from from the uh near post from a from a corner which was taken by buet i think um buet himself scored a really good goal running down the right cut in and and smashed a shot in with his left foot superb goal um Monaco got one back seven minutes from the end of time, but, uh, but uh, our, our sub, um, uh, trialist two, <laughs> as, he's, as he forever will be known. Uh, Matthew in um, scoring a nice, decent goal from a breakaway at the end as well. So three points to Palace, uh, top in the group. Um, Monaco are, are, are a very decent side, so it's an extremely impressive performance. And of course, Palace under 21 is looking to um Go one better than last year, and they lost in the final to PSV after smashing um, PSG. We're good against the PSs, but it seems we're better against G than V. Dunno. Um, don't know. Don't know why I even said that, frankly. Um, but yeah, just to just to reiterate, the, t- the team that went out. So Ahamada played forty five minutes. Uh, francea played forty five minutes. Ozo played forty five minutes. Um, you know, Ferguson got the ninety, but injured, unfortunately. Adramola uh, did a full ninety again. He's he's starting to come back into contention, and given that he was thought so highly of a couple of years ago, and had a bit of a nightmare with injuries. Again, if Mitchell's out, you know you've got to think Teo Adramola might start to get a look in, at least at the subs bench uh, to make sure we got some cover there. But um, you know, Abue did didn't make the uh, the match day squad against Spurs, despite being outstanding and we'll, we'll come back to that a little bit later on but I suppose the difference between him and the others is that he played 88 minutes and the others only played 45 and it was only a couple of days beforehand so maybe the uh, the fitness wasn't there for him to, to be on the bench but um the under 18s also played um, something of a, a, a crazy 3-3 draw um, against Arsenal wasn't it I think um, it was. so it was a couple from Zach Marsh who's, who's still in and amongst the goals and Hindolo Mustafa with the other goal I think Arsenal were, went one up they were one up just at the, on the break at half time um, and Palace equalised uh, twice to get a 2-2 but it was a late goal um, for Arsenal that just pegged Palace back right at the end unfortunately but
0: yeah it's, it's, it's a massive shame because Palace would have been above Arsenal in the table with a game in hand Um but they're still there or thereabouts. Um, you know, a, a win with their game in hands, they'll they'll be near. They'll be near that cut off position um, as um, in the league. So for for more European football next year, we
1: should yeah, see. I'm now I'm, I, the the um, final goal for Arsenal was scored by Amari Reese Benjamin. Just wondering if he's any relation of former Palace striker Trevor Benjamin. What do you think?
0: I'll tell you what. I'll have a look. while uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, but that's all I'm going to be focused on. So, I mean, I mean, imagine if it was. Still, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, should probably. Yeah, I'll say I probably should come up with some other things to talk but, about. Really. Um,
0: yeah, I look, mean that, that you've you've really you've really caught me off guard there. Um, that's not something I planned. <laughs> prepped in advance. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> well, I'm okay. Look, I I will I will give you some time to find out. I mean, if not, where are, does Trevor Benjamin have children? Are they playing? Can we get them um, in our team? Does anybody else I mean, remember Trevor Benjamin? All of these are valid questions.
0: Could be related to um, the ex-Fast fast Bowler Joey Benjamin, for all we know. Could be, um, or you know,
1: former TV presenter be Floella, Benjamin. Yeah. Floella Benjamin. Yeah.
0: Remember Floella Benjamin? I definitely do. She's still going strong, I think.
1: Excellent. Um, so anyway, Palace lined up with Sam Johnston in goal, Joel Ward at right-back, uh, Tariq Mitchell left-back, uh, Anderson and Gay with their partnership it, in, at centre-back. Um, so our, our you know, first-choice keeper and back four was available. Um, first-choice defensive midfielders of Dukure and Lerma also available. Uh, Jordan Ayew, um and Jeffrey Schlutt played either side of, of Hughes at number 10, which just seems to be our current choice going into games, uh, I feel for Hughes, because actually he does everything right in that position, uh, but he just doesn't have any pace, and it really does tell. A couple of times he broke broke through and a couple of times had opportunities, but it's just not quick enough. Um, and it's, it's, it's a shame, because he's talked openly about the fact that he started life as, a, as an attacking midfielder, but injuries meant that he lost the pace he needed to play in that position, and now we're, we're asking him to play there in the Premier League.
0: Just going back to uh, Mari Benjamin, uh, his, yep. all I can find is that his dad's Welsh. Is that right? Is that, I don't know. That's, well, that's we'll come back find. to I mean, if, yeah. it, it, Arsenal, Arsenal's website, they don't think it's a big enough fact to bother putting in there. So well, uh, I, I don't think that's yeah. it being.
1: <laughs> it's still a possibility because, again, not everybody is going to remember Trevor Benjamin. He had two first names. I had to. I had to remember him. Anyway, I've, I've, I've really have distracted and waylaid us uh, massively. Um, obviously, Edouard got the nod to start um, the game against uh, against Spurs ahead of Mateta. Um, and yeah, so obviously the 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 impact players from from recent times in terms of Franca and Raksaki were on the bench with a Hamada um, all three of those got on alongside Mateta in the 79th minute and Klein came on for Mitchell because Mitchell took a pretty heavy knock and you do wonder how much Mitchell was playing through injury at times as the only real option at left back he seems to be you know pretty much every game he seems to have a, a moment where he's you know, I'm not 100% sure if he's going to carry on. He seems to be carrying something. That's that's my observation and opinion. So, um, yeah, obviously Spurs, top of the league, playing some really good football. Um, so you kind of knew what we were going to do. We were going to try and keep our shape. We are going to try and sort of snuff out the space, not give him too many opportunities. And at the start of the game, it really did take on that pattern. Obviously, Spurs dominating possession. Um sort of probing and, but, but not taking advantage of, of any of the space out wide. They were trying to sort of come through the middle of the pitch more than anything. And that really did play into our hands. And that after I want to say 15, 20 minutes or so, I felt like almost a switch went off in the palace players heads where they were like, Oh, okay. So they haven't, they're not creating anything. This is working. The game plan is, is coming to fruition. And we started taking a few more risks, a bit more confident with the passing a bit, bit quicker movement. And sort of by the end of the half, I kind of felt, I don't know, if you you, Mike, I kind of felt like we were a little unfortunate not to go in ahead.
0: So I didn't feel that, and I was surprised when I watched stuff back, watched the highlights back, listened to Roy, listened to other people saying, you know, that Palace contained them. Because standing in the Homesdale, it felt like a pretty much okay, they were playing in front of our back four, but it felt like the vast majority of the game was just on the edge of our our third, um, and I don't, I didn't remember us creating very much. I, I'd forgotten about the Edwards shot, and and certainly from up the other end, I didn't realise you know it was actually a very decent save. Um, so I was a little bit surprised with Roy's comments and and people saying we we were toe to toe with them, um, and then I suppose the second half, the first ten minutes, of the second half showed actually the first half was was better than maybe we were giving it credit for.
1: I think I completely understand it from the perspective of being, you know, being up the other end of the pitch and, and you, you can't really get a, a kind of, and especially with the, the sort of 15, 20 minute opening spell where, you know, it's all coming at you. If you are in the homestead end, isn't it? It's all, it's all f- sort of flying towards you. You're just seeing, as you say, they're, they're, they've got a very high line. They're asking us because we've got no pace in the team. One of the biggest problems we have right now with the players we have out and the options that we have sitting on the bench, not in the team zero pace in that side. So Spurs straight up in, in advance and during the game realized we're not going to break them. We're not going to break through. No one's going to carry the ball a huge amount of distance and, and out sprint anybody. They've got a couple of really fast players at the back. So there wasn't really a risk. So they were, they were pushing up right on that halfway line and, and you know, 15, 20 minutes of pretty much camping on the, on the halfway line and the edge of our box. That will obviously that, that will color the game for you. If you're sitting there watching that in particular, but, you know, those chances at the other end, I think the two in particular was Edward's shot, which he didn't do too much wrong with it. You know, it was a good save, but just wish he'd caught it that little bit stronger. And also, Mark Gay had a completely free header and, and absolutely should have done better. They should have forced a save out the keeper. There's not really any reason to have, to have missed that. He, he could see the ball the whole way, completely free header, unchallenged. And, yeah, a bit of a bit of a shocker to miss that. And... Spurs couldn't have complained. They had the, the Lions share of possession, but they didn't create an awful lot. You know, we didn't they didn't get a single shot on target for the first time this season in the first half. And we continued to, you know, to, to keep them thinking. Um every time they pushed forward. They really did have to watch us because we were passing really well by the end of the half.
0: Yeah, and it I think we looked stronger with set pieces than they did. Um, but as you say Mostly corners because we just didn't have that person that they kept wanting to trip up. We didn't have that ebbs to, to, to create those chances, um, which is a massive shame because we looked threatening with any set piece.
1: Yeah, and I have to say it's it's one of those things that does make me question. You know, well, no, it doesn't make me question. It means I know what we wanted out of the game, and you know, and Roy alluded to to as much at the end of this, the game when he talked about the first half and he said that his plan was to do the same thing in the second half and we should have end, we should end up with, with a result. But what he means is if we didn't nick a goal, we'll end up with a draw and that's fine. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that against the, the league leaders, but I think when you watch the, the way the game panned out, you know, you can't help but think there was an opportunity for us there to, to do better than we did.
0: I think this is why it felt so... <clears throat> it We all knew that the result was going to be the odd goal. Um, you know, 2-0 t- t- w- would have been, um, I think, quite harsh on us. Because this has happened. Was it nine games in a row where, where Spurs beat us 1-0? And, you know, yeah, Harry Kane there. scoring in the 86th minute was just written o- o- all over every time it happened. And we just thought the same thing was going to happen on Friday night. Um, you know, you can't sit back with the squad that we've got and expect to nil-nil against the team as good as them. Just, it, it doesn't happen. And it's, I don't, the, there was just no plan B. There was no, once it was one nil, you then yeah. have to, I don't see why he couldn't have prepared beforehand and gone, okay, when it gets to one nil, then we'll change it. Not do the same thing. Not a couple of substitutes. All it needs is a plan B. DR was screaming out as you expect him to do. Yeah. Um, It's not that difficult to plan, okay, if this doesn't work, then this. And I just don't, it's one of those games where Roy is the most frustrating manager. I've got so much respect for him, but you have to be fluid in these situations. And there's no way we're going to keep them out for 90 minutes in the form they're in.
1: This is the bottom line and, and the people who have a bee in their bonnet about my views on Roy will, will probably need to shut off right away because, you know, I can start my sentence with the same thing you do, which is I have a lot of respect for Roy and, and, I, and I do and I appreciate the strengths that he gives us and the, you know, the kind of reassurance you get from knowing he's going to get a certain number of results with, with whatever you give him, right? I, I, I completely get all of that. But Roy Hodgson is resistant to change. He's resistant to change sort of minutes a minute in a game. He begrudgingly makes changes. He tends to change teams only if he's forced to. And if there's an injury or suspension or somebody is, you know, playing really, really badly. And it has to be really, really badly. It has to be undeniable, and he still might not change it. And he believes in the shape and he believes in the, the tempo. And it's going to be the same every week. Every single week. And it's certainly going to be the same. If you, if you have a first half like we did against Spurs, we're going to play the same way in the second half. He's not going to anticipate a change. and He's not going to want to change anything until he absolutely has to. And then we get the situation that we had against Spurs, where when he does make those changes and people ask him about them, because he didn't want to make them in the first place, he's going to be very, very dismissive and begrudging about anything. So if there's something positive about it. He'll play it down and there's something negative about it. You could be damn sure he'll focus on it because he does not like change. He doesn't want Palace to change tactically. He doesn't want Palace to change formation. He doesn't want to change the players that he selects. And I'm afraid that is an archaic view. That is, you know, football from the past playing players, you know, into the ground until they get injured you know i, I suppose i could kind of understand it you know because we all remember the days where well we don't remember the days he remembers where there were no subs or one sub but we we remember you know sub you know be, subs being a lot more restricted and players did play 90 minutes week in week out week out and there was never a problem so why should there be a problem now and it's because it's a different game it's a completely different game now the pace if you watch some of some of the even Back to, back to the 90s, the couple days and that kind of stuff. The pace of the top division, you know, your back four could stop and have a cigarette if they wanted at certain times. You know, think back to before the flipping uh, pass back rule came in. If you needed a breather, all you'd do is knock it around the centre-backs and knock it back to your keeper to hoof it long for, for 15 minutes. And then, you know, your team will have a breather. And that's why they brought the law in to, to stop that happening. So... You know, I'm going back a little bit, but I'm just trying to illustrate my point that the game has moved on hugely. People use their benches and their squads far more now, and it's not just about tactical changes or uh, trying to get back into games that you're not winning or consolidating results. It's about managing the the load on players because 90 minutes in the Premier League now is vastly different to what it was in the past, and that's why. You know, it's not a coincidence we had a whole bunch of injuries for overused players under Roy last time, and it's not a coincidence it's happening now. So, you know, this—I I, agree—I'm really frustrated with it, and I shouldn't be frustrated that Palace lost, lost by the odd goal against the league leaders. That's not really something that I should be frustrated about, but the manner it came about and the response to it, and it doesn't help that we we played Newcastle, got smashed off the park, and then they you know, struggled to a draw against Wolves the next week, because you know what? Newcastle aren't a sensational team. They should be playing Crystal Palace off the pitch. So right now, I think. The, the, the. Hi, this is
0: Craig Robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ
1: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The results aren't looking great for us.
0: You you summed it up earlier, though, when you you said that Newcastle used the flanks. Um, Spurs didn't. And that's the, that's the the major difference. But it was such an inevitable result. It, it, everyone in the stadium, knew, it, it was so muted. Uh, not just because Tudor wasn't there with his um, usual shouting at the, the, the singing section, that it was someone else whose um, megaphone barely worked and he was out of tune. <laughs> but um, it, it, it was, uh, and he still did a great job, to be fair. Um, it, it was just so inevitable. Everyone knew they'd come to... You know, catch up with their friends on a Friday night, that kind of thing. We all knew it was going to happen. That wouldn't be the case with Vieira. You wouldn't have known. It, you know, we might have got smashed, but it, we might have won as well. So inevitable. And you've got 34 year olds and finishing the game on how old? I mean, how how old are the the rest of the um, the rest of the team at the moment? You've got a thirty-four-year-old scoring your own goal. Um, I, I mean, what, thirty-three, how
1: old, I think, thirty-two, thirty-three, maybe. Yeah. Um,
0: I, I getting on as well. Um, they, they can't. They, they, like you said, they, they need a rest. They just, <laughs> they just need a rest. I, I don't, I don't know what else can be done. They, 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 they're being way overworked for, for what they could possibly achieve. If they're going to play every game of the season, they're going to be dead by the end of it. Yeah,
1: and just think as well. Like you know, when we get the the responses from you know manager talking about how well you know we were never going to win that game anyway if they play well we're going to lose and you're like well then don't don't like then keep keep your best team for when for the games you think we might have a chance of getting some points in you know throw a couple of players in there if you're going to criticize them anyway you might as well play them but I don't know I feel like you know this 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 you know we're sitting I I don't think we're we're like 13th I think in the Premier League now aren't we but we're, we're not on a great run of form Um, And we got some games coming up that are really, really important that we can do something about. You know, getting points on the board because it gets hard when we get into into December and beyond. We got a really tough run of games. Go
0: go go back to to. I I would have been fine if um, Roy had come out and said, "Look, it was a bit of a free hit. I know it was a home game, but you know they're doing incredibly well." But he seemed to think that we were on course after the first half half for a victory. So, quote from him, if the game had ended with us continuing and as we had done in the first half and continue giving the same performance and coming away with a result in the game or even a draw, I'd be sitting here really pleased with what I'd seen. Of course you fucking would. It would be a different <laughs> game.
1: Yeah.
0: but if if we- not happen and it's going to happen because... They can't keep up that intensity for ninety minutes. There's going to be a slip, and it only takes a mental slip for a yeah. minute for us to be one down against a team that good. And it's exactly what happened, and we all knew it would happen.
1: Yeah, but also that is a that's that is literally if we didn't if we did if we won the game and didn't lose it, I would have been happy. That's basically what he's saying. Because yeah, like at half time, Spurs aren't going to go. Well, that half went badly. Let's do exactly the same thing in the second half and we'll just hope shall we like if if they'd done that like and don't get me wrong like there was there were things like the referee was a bit odd in the game and did some very very weird things and it made me a little bit you know i felt i felt like there was a degree of fortune from uh from spurs in that respect i thought they got given a lot of a lot of breaks i mean madison waving the imaginary yellow card um after being fouled by i u that's a booking there's no excuses yeah. for that. And so why <laughs> yeah. didn't he get booked? You know, that kind of stuff. The the play acting from Romero should have been carded. You know, twice, and you probably wouldn't have seen this, Mike, but twice he clutched his face after contact when there was no contact with his face. And he rolled around, yeah, you
0: know. Point in, the, in the glazes after the game, Pe- yeah. people that had been closer to it were talking about it, you yeah. know
1: it is it's it's absolutely incredible that, and there should be consequences to that everyone's seen it it's it's on tv you know there's you can you can watch the evidence and romero should be standing there in front of everybody explaining why with no contact to his face twice he's clutching his face and rolling around what what's he trying to do there and the answer is he's trying to get a fellow professional booked and that that should be punished but anyway those are those are little things that in, in the game where you think okay we you know that's that's not really helped, but we we just didn't help ourselves. And the the idea that we could just keep doing the same thing and it'll be fine. Tottenham, understandably, made changes to win that game. And Roy would be within his rights to say, "Well, we don't have the luxury of the kind of changes that Spurs can make." I mean, IU was giving Davis a real hard time, so they brought on Emerson Royale at halftime, and and that really made a big difference. Um. But it's not what changed the game in terms of a sub off the bench. It was just a different approach. They they decided that they allowed frustration to get the better of them in the course of the half, and they'd stopped pressing as high as they had been. And I think the manager just reminded them at half time that his requirement is a high press. They came out in the second half. And they pressed us right from the start. And that's how the goal came about. It was a high press. We were way too lax with it. Ball really slowly played back to Johnston. He takes a touch he shouldn't have taken. Should have just smashed it upfield, but tries to be a bit clever with it, trying to sort of play calmly. And you can't be calm when there's people running full pace straight at you. Um, that's the point. That's why they're doing it. And, and obviously, off the back of that, ball comes in the box and, and Ward strikers finish. Gotta Gotta love it. But um, Great finish, yeah. Great finish. Yeah, yeah. Really got to, got to admire that. But you know, it, it's an instinctive thing when the ball's flashed across at you and you, you're trying to deal with it. I'm not. I'm not angry at Joel Ward for that. I'm a little angry at him for the second goal because it's the usual thing, isn't it? Dunk the ball over his head. Does doesn't run. Doesn't really close down because he's he's staying narrow. And then. Anderson thinks, I've got to go and cover for Wardy again because because he's been done with the ball over the top. So Wardy tucks in narrow and nobody actually bothers to pick up the player properly. Um, and then it's just too easy, a couple of passes and some finishes. So we're undone by our by our own stupidity, not by quality from Tottenham. And as much as you could say that was a good goal, their second goal, it still comes from from us being too easy to beat down those flanks.
0: Yeah, that that illustrates the point. And I don't want this to be a negative thing the whole time. These kind of games are the frustration with Roy. And when we go and play other teams with less quality, the chances are we're going to get points. I, I get that. He's there. He's a safe pair of hands. But he must know that we have one of the weakest first 11s we've had in a long time. There's going to be mistakes like that. There's no... He's got to mitigate against that before the start of the game, or at least during his changes... And when you say he's, he's changing when he has to, no, he's changing way after he has to. Yeah. Like, once we one nil down, we're never going to get back in that game. The only reason we were the only reason we got one back at the end is because I, you know, I, I, I heard them talking about I was driving on the M25 in the pissing rain last night, <laughs> and um they were talking about it on talk sports. So Gabby Abonnehor said, to be honest, it was game management from Spurs. You know, they 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 were. They were just going at seventy five percent because they were already two 0 up. He said that once once that that first guy I know Fran- France France had a chance, but you know it was pretty well. The, the defender got in, and that's why that's why he hit it where he did. Yes, you know, yeah. defender really covered. They were just sort of halfway with two 0 and they they let one slip, and that shows that you know they're they're, they're a fallible team. Um, yeah. We, we were never going to get a goal back. <laughs> like it was, no. So it was way, way too late to do anything. And mm. then to go and piss all over the subs and slam them in his press conference. He, des- yeah. he deserves all of the shit that he's got from every source. And this, this is from people outside of Palace. And yeah. Inside Palace, you can see it even, even more. He deserves every bit of abuse he gets.
1: So, Oh, look. We'll, we'll give the exact quotes because you're right. We do need to move on to that. You know, as as we've talked about, I think it's fair to say that we understand the result. We don't understand the performance, and so we don't understand the attitude to some degree. You know, um, we feel like we are the architects of our own downfall. Um, but you know what? You're, you're right. We can just go. Okay, that that was that game. You know, three games back, we beat Man United one 0 at Old Trafford with roughly the same approach. So you win yeah. some, you lose some. It's okay. It's all right. And then after the game, and I'm going to try and give it the full context I can. Um, so Hodgson has, has said, "If the uh, I'll, I'll start with your quote that you've used already, but I'm going to do it I'll do it again because it's, it's important to give the, the full context. If the game had ended with us continuing as we had done in the first half and coming away with a result at the end of the game, even a draw, I would have been sitting here really, really pleased with what I had seen. There was no disappointment today. Mm-hmm. Maybe that the young substitutes who we like to think we believe in, or that will help us to a different level, they didn't show that. They didn't do anything for us at all, really. We became much weaker when I made the substitutions. Unfortunately, when a game is drifting away from you at 2-0, one is tempted to do that, partly because we need to see these players. We need to see if they're going to be able to help us out. We certainly didn't get any help today. We got a lot of help from the first group of players in the first half. I thought they were good. So, f- first of all, and I just had
0: one more bit of context yeah. for that before because yeah, I yeah. know what people are going to say. So, he did then say, I feel sorry for Franca. For some reason, people have tried to imbue him with qualities that we can't expect to see from him. He's 19 years of age, he's got a handful of games in Brazil behind him. And that, even that, had a tinge yeah. of insult to it. But let's just say he did kind of try to go back from what he said okay. after that.
1: But But it is insulting because it's saying he's not as good as people think he is. And that doesn't really matter like that's that's not really the point is he good enough to, to play for our team is he good enough to be selected is he good enough for the bench it doesn't matter what other people's expectations are because you know i think most people were reacting to the short amount of time he did play previously for palace when he came off the bench and showed some real glimpses of quality and we're excited to see more we're not expecting to start every game and and score you know, 20 goals this season. I no was expecting that people are talking about potential and Roy struggles with potential. He struggles with the idea that doing something today will benefit us and the player in the future. He struggles with that because he's a short term manager. He's a short term manager who doesn't like change. He, he's not interested in what happens in a year, two, two years, three years, not really of any real benefit to him at all. That is the danger of short-termism in general. You you look after the today and you absolutely screw over tomorrow. And we will. We'll screw over tomorrow. You think about the impact on, on Raksaki at the moment, who is constantly fighting for a chance, finally got an opportunity to shine against Forrest, did really, really well, but it doesn't count for anything. And he still now comes under that category of being criticised for coming on against the league leaders and supposedly not having an impact. But I'm not even sure I agree with that. I suppose that if I'm trying to give Roy the benefit of the doubt, right? I, I would say um, the players that came on France first, Saki on the hour, Mark um, Hamada after that. Um, I think was particularly ineffective, and then then France towards the end they did they struggled to get on the ball, but they no more than any player who was on the pitch prior to the substitutions, because once, as you pointed out, Mike, once we went down a goal Spurs were just knocking it between their center backs and asking us to come and get the ball and that's how we conceded the second because the team and the crowd got frustrated Royal being would have been in the change room saying see that's why you stay in your shape but we stayed in our shape the next 25 minutes would have been the two center backs and the goalkeeper from Tottenham passing the ball to each other that's the truth of it. And we put ourselves in that position. So to come out for the young players and say, you, you didn't do enough. And then to say that the players that were on the pitch previously did, you, his first change was on the hour mark. So he's he telling me for the first 15 minutes of the second half was fine. Was it? Cause it wasn't, uh, the guy has lost yeah. the play. Let,
0: let's, let's not forget. We're already one nil down when <clears throat> Raksaki came on. He was only on for five, six minutes um, before we went two nil down. So the rest of the players, um, they were already coming on when we were 2-0 down. It ended 2-1. So in terms of actual stats, yeah. they did better. Um, but the, like you say, they, all they were going to do if, was just pass the ball between themselves. And they did. Um, Edward wouldn't chase down the keeper. He'd been told not to. He clearly wanted to. You could see he was getting dogs abuse from the Homesdale. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, he's he's got to choose between... 12,000 people saying, what the fuck are you doing? And a 75 year old on the side saying, no, 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 stay where you are. Stay where you are. This is why you're getting paid. You could see how annoyed he was with this, this. but if, all was happening. We, they were managing to kill time because of the tactics that, that our team had been told to do. There was no yeah. way we could ever get back
1: into that game. And it was so frustrating. That's how you, that's how you lose a dressing room as well, by the way. Not just criticising the young players, but, but basically asking your team not to show ambition. Asking your team to go, OK, you're 1-0 down, but you know what? We were creating the occasional chance already, so just keep doing that. And, you know, worst we'll lose is 1-0. Like, and if you take that approach to to professional footballers who want to play and win every single game, you know we know you can't, but that's what they want. You will lose that dressing room. I I honestly think we're at a point now. I think the next few games, the fixture list, has been relatively kind, and we we will. But I mean, the three three in a row: Burnley, Everton, Luton. Right? Everton's at home. Burnley and Luton away. We have to win those games because there's no excuse not to. There's no excuse not to beat Burnley. There's no excuse not to beat Luton, even though those are the away games. And Everton at home, you know, that's a hard, slightly harder game than the other two on paper. But, you know, you've got to pick up those three points. We win those three and things look brighter again and you can you can go into the the next few difficult fixtures with a bit of confidence. But if we show that same approach, if we go in against Burnley... on on the Saturday and we tried to eke out nil-nil in the first half and try and nick a goal and then we're trying up things a little bit in the second half and we end up losing that game. I'm I'm getting dogs abused for this but he's got to go because you just you're wasting time you're wasting time and opportunity. Yes he hasn't got Elise and Eze those are the two players he hasn't got he probably lost Mitchell as well now but like that's it that's all he's not got Yet we're still showing the same one-paced, like, zero-creativity approach that killed everything for me last time Roy was our manager. This is not the Roy Hodgson of the freedom of 10 games at the end of a season to keep us in the league. That was wonderful to watch. I loved every second of it. I feared the worst. My fears were dispelled. I thought, fantastic. This year, he's back to what he was. He's pragmatic to the point of madness, and he can't change, and he's and he's left behind by the game. And I'm done with it.
0: I'm um, I'm quite worried about Burnley. They they I know that they they lost to Bournemouth because they leave themselves open, but without <laughs> without Ezra and, and without Elise, I'm not sure we're exploiting them in the way that Bournemouth did. You know, it's it's a worrying game, and, and I was kind of hoping while we had them out, that we'd be playing all the big sides where it was a bit more of a free hit and we could get the points back. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be really tough. I mean, on paper, mm. with the first 11 that we've got to start, we're not stronger than any of those sides. Um, right. I don't, you know, I'm not being... He, he's he got very limited amount of players to do stuff with and yeah. we, we're we all yeah, taking yeah. that in contact. We're not assuming. We're not not one of those, those types of fans that go, oh, we should be winning everything. It's absolutely not the case. And losing to Spurs is really no big problem. The next no. those three games will really tell us, uh, you know, it, and if he if we get say we get one win out of them we could still be in trouble. Luckily there's some pretty fucking bang average teams in the Premier League this season. Last <laughs> season yeah. standards we'd have been really really struggling.
1: It's true, yeah. That that's look that's the saving grace this year and no, we could all be proven to be completely incorrect, but I don't think we're going down because because just literally of what's in the league. You know, there's five or six teams that are weaker than us. This becomes much more about the future of Palace. I'm not advocating for to see the back of Roy. I mean, I said it and I said I'm done because I'm annoyed, but I'm not really advocating for that as such. What I'm what I'm saying is we need to have something, we need to have a plan in place. We need. To, I don't like a manager who is dismissive and negative about the future of the football club. Uh, and that's what he is. And And it, it's really hard for me to be engaged with what he's doing when I feel like he's damaging the club. And and that's how I feel about him. And I feel we can, we can do better and we can do things differently.
0: Well, the the advantages are France and Raksaki have come on and he will say that's because he has no option, but he is playing him. And that yeah. that is we, that is a good thing. And hopefully, um, you know, Parish or Paddy or someone has gone to him and said, look, can we just maybe treat them with a little bit more kid gloves than we're doing here? Get, you know, let's let's keep them out of the line. Like, let's not talk about them. Let's just get them playing. Um, and as long as there's somebody saying in his ear, this isn't just about you. This is about next season and the season after. This is about players that come on to assist Ezra and Elise.'" not just using them as an excuse for for game. That's fine. As long as they keep coming on, I'm happy. And the other thing, and I need to bring this up, and I should have brought this up at the beginning of the game, Yeah. Um, went to the Glazers after the game. Um, obviously, there was a load of vegan pies left because no one buys them. Um, <laughs> they've changed the recipe of the vegan pies, and they are so good. So, really? post-game, 2.42, um, that's, that's the, the big plus that we have to take from this, people. If you need to get your five a day, the vegan pies, you're going to get your least one of your five a day, pure vegetables in there. Even Luke ex of this parish that is, he's, he's all about his meat. He said, my God, that's a good vegan pie. So okay. let's take, let's take. The positives.
1: I think that's, if if anything comes of this, it's the, the, the rise and rise of the vegan pie. Um, yes. And you genuinely salivated as you talked about it there, which, uh, which, I <laughs> was, which was, a, I, you, I
0: you but I thought that's a bit greedy.
1: <laughs> Love it. Look, I'm gonna try also I, I promised I'd try really hard to give some balance to the to the situation. Um so after Palace um under twenty ones beat Monaco in the week, um Roy talked about Malcolm Ibue. Um and he said Malcolm Abu was outstanding. I joked with Steve parish you better get your checkbook out because Monaco are gonna speak to you after the game and buy him. I don't know why he needs his cheque. Anyway, um he said, yeah, that's how good he was. He was outstanding. Um, So, and then he he said, you know, he's talking about the players. He said, a lot of the players who played, I worked with them in training. I'm impressed what they're able to do and how they're looking. And he think, great. And then it says, but the question always comes, <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen him in a game. The Monaco game in particular, we knew they were quite a good side with good quality and it would be a good opportunity to watch them. It gave me a chance to put in a Hamada, Franca, Ozo, Abue, Remy, Matthews and Ferguson. I've not seen him play for a long time. You won't see him again. Um, uh, I had an opportunity to watch the game and see what I've seen out there and blah, 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 blah. I said he was impressed with the guys and many of the under 21 players. Um you know, the guys he put in and and the under twenty ones themselves. So there he is speaking really positively about the young players. Um, you know those quotes were from the Independent. Uh, sorry, no, I take that back. The Athletic, um, Matt Mousnum's, um article there, just for context. And you know, so you you read you read that and you wonder what has happened between that situation and the post match Spurs situation. You know, And to me, just to kind of round this all off, it demonstrates that what he's talking about after the Spurs game is anger and frustration at being asked about the young players, about being asked to comment on the impact of his substitutes. And I'm not going to talk about, I know why I think that is, and I think I've articulated it already, but I would just ask anybody who's thinking... You guys are too negative. You shouldn't be having a go at Roy after the game, blah, 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 blah. He's right. The players didn't make an impact. Just think about why he's angry. What's an, what's annoying him? Um, because to me, the answer is quite obvious. It's the fact that people are questioning him. Um, and like I say, to be angry and to, to then hang people out to dry as a result of it, I don't think there's any excuse for that. Uh, and a manager in any walk of life, if they do that, they're not going to, they're not going to have their staff on their side.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I would, you know, think, just think if you're a manager at work of anyone, you don't, you don't do that. You don't single people out. Um, But to, to really illustrate what you've said, um, he was asked about Mitchell's injury and he said, well, you know, I I don't know yet. I can't feed it back. I have to come out and talk about substitutes to people like you, instead of seeing the team like I should. That, Max of, we, you can always think. What, however you think of Roy, you can always think about the Iceland game. I don't know why I'm here. You know, he has that in him, and yeah. he's not managed to get rid of that nasty streak. And it's probably it, it probably has some great benefits. But he's old enough, he's wise enough, he's by far old enough and wise enough to know by now to just keep his fucking mouth shut. Yeah. I think that's all we're asking for deep, deep down. Just shut up. Just sometimes just let's yeah. just talk yeah. about the game. Just give the kind of response you'd f- expect from Eddie Howe or the kind of response that Mark Gaye gave as a 21 year old after the game. Mm-hmm. Just sometimes don't tell him anything. Shut up. Just yeah. make the obvious comments. Get out.
1: Yeah. I- I'd go along with that. So, yeah. so um, in conclusion, shut up. Right. Um <laughs> which I'm sure some people are shouting at us. But uh look,
0: that's sorry, sorry everyone. we we can be angry too, but we're paid a lot less.
1: Yeah. I mean when you say a lot less, it's it's effectively <laughs> negative, is really what it is, you know. Um but there you are. Yeah, so look, it is it's um a good opportunity as we as we move away from this game and um into the fixtures ahead, good opportunity to point put points on the board. Hopefully, an opportunity for some of those young players to to make it undeniable for for the manager to actually praise them at the end of the games. Instead, um, that's that's how you got to think about it. Um, you know, I'll be looking over the next weeks and months. I'll be really looking at, at to see what kind of a response there is. I, I am worried that the, the that the manager might lose the the faith of his players if he does that. Much more, uh, but but fingers crossed, uh, things don't go go down that route. Um, anyway, let's should we end the show there? Still above Chelsea. We're still we, above Chelsea. Yeah, let's end still above. That. that is a really good point, and um, yeah, and and a bit of an eye opener. So but, um, obviously, Nick and the the preview team will be back midweek to look ahead to the Burnley game and probably give a few more views on the on the manager's comments after this one. Um, We'll um, obviously have plenty of reaction and uh, add all sorts on YouTube as well. Go and check over what are and the team are doing there. Like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. And uh, until next time, come on, you palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen
0: by fans.